So this this session is not going to be like a lot of preaching. It's just going to be a lot of practical tips uh, for you guys, hopefully, to go home and be able to really get into Bible study yourself, to be able to dig into the Scripture. Because uh, I know for a lot of us, this is a an area that's traditionally a lot of a lot of trouble. Like like it's it's hard for a lot of people to really get in uh, to Bible study and and have meaningful time in the Word. And so uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Jesus, we love you, and we want to love you more and know you more and be more like you. And God, even as, uh, as we look at your word this morning, and even as we just look at, at practical tips for how to study the word, God, I pray that you would guard my mouth and guide us. God, Lord, I, I pray that you would um, just bring to mind for these guys by the power of your spirit how they might have effective study of the scriptures on their own, how they might uh, implement this into their schedule, uh, how they could plan on this, Lord, and, and God, I pray that you would just guide our time over the next few minutes. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we know that Bible study is important, right? Everybody knows that or else you wouldn't be in here right now, sitting through how, uh, why, why should we study the Bible or how, how can I study the Bible better? Everybody, if you've been in church for longer than 20 minutes, you know that Bible study is important because almost every sermon ends like, so you need to study the Bible. So you need to study the word. Almost every sermon you hear ends with, so you got to pursue the Lord. This will only happen if you're pursuing the Lord. This will only happen if you're digging into scripture. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that to be growing in Christ, you have to be doing something more than showing up to youth group. You got to be doing something more than showing up to church, even if your pastor is the best pastor in the world and your youth pastor is getting it done. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be growing a whole lot if you personally are not digging in the word. And y'all know we're not going to be really effective at fighting sin unless you personally are getting into the word. We're not going to be really sharing the gospel well unless we personally are getting into the word. Y'all know this? Yeah, everybody knows this. We hear it all the time, right? Uh, just for kicks one day, uh, there, this room was filled with like 400 people. And just for kicks, I was like, all right, raise your hand if you know and believe Bible study is important. 400 hands went up, right? And so then just for kicks, I was like, all right, close your eyes. Raise your, raise your hand if you study the Bible like more than twice a week. And four people raised their hands. Now, does that mean that everyone else in the room doesn't love Jesus? No, it doesn't mean that. But I think that's that's pretty typical uh, of um, of us, like that we know that Bible study is important, but we, we we don't do it very often or we don't do it very well. You know, and, and I think it's not because we're bad people. It's not because we don't love Jesus or we don't want to love Jesus because y'all are in a breakout right now because you want to know more about this. Right. And so really, when we ask folks, you know, studying the Bible is important. Yes. Do you do it? No. And when we ask, well, why not? We get one of two answers usually. And the answers are, number one, ah, it's confusing. It's so complex, man. I have no clue what I'm reading when I read. I open the Bible and I'm lost. I mean, I have, it might as well be in a different language. I have no clue what I'm reading. That's the first answer we get. But more often we get the second answer, which is, why don't you study the Bible? And they say, it's boring. <sighs> I, don't know, I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing. But, you know, and like, it's, I just can't get into it. You know, I, it's not interesting enough for me to even remember to do it. I, I mean, I want to study. I just, I'm, I'm bored when I open the Bible. Have, have y'all ever felt one of these two ways? Either confused by the word or just like you can't get into it? Because this is the way I felt for years. 
I was like, man, I want to study. I just can't even remember to do it. Like, I can't get into it. I can't gain momentum. And I think the reason that the Bible is confusing to us or the reason the Bible is boring to us is because we study the Bible so badly. I, here was my method for studying the Bible for years, all right? I became a Christian when I, was, when I just graduated from high school. And so I was like, I need to study the Bible. And so what I would do is it'd be about midnight, and the last, like, sleepy five minutes of my day, I'd lay down, lay down in bed, turn off my lamp. And then all of a sudden I'd remember and be like, shoot, I didn't read the Bible. All right, all right, all right. And I turn on the lamp and I do something like this. Y'all ever done this where you pick up the Bible and you're just like, come on, Jesus. Tell me where to stop. Y'all have done this. Don't lie. Everybody's done this. Oh, and you're all sleeping. You're like, oh. and the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water. Take the live bird with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop and dip them in the live bird in the live and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over fresh water and sprinkle it seven times. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe himself in water and shall be clean. And on the seventh day he shall shave off all his hair from his head and his beard and his eyebrows. He shall shave off all his hair and then he shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water and he shall be clean. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Turn off the lamp, go to sleep. And if somebody, if somebody was like, all right, man, what'd you get out of that? I'd be like, I don't, dude shaving his eyebrows. I, mean, I don't know. You know, like, but, you know, for real, uh, uh, if this is your method of studying the Bible, absolutely you're confused, right? You're jumping into a 6,000-year-old story and just trying to hop in there somewhere, right? Absolutely you're bored. Maybe not with this passage because what in the world, but like, but, you know, if, if you're like me, Here's what you would do. Jesus, give me something good. Give me something good. And if you ended up anywhere near Leviticus, you'd be like, not tonight. And you start flipping this way and you'd end up somewhere in the middle, like Psalms. Am I right? Somewhere in the middle, like Psalms. And you pick a nice, like medium length Psalm, nothing too long. Don't want to go crazy tonight, but nothing too short because we're more spiritual than that. And so we find a nice, like, medium-length psalm, one that ends well because bad dreams. And so you find a medium-length, happy-ending psalm, and you'd buzz through it quick as you can, turn off your lamp. And if somebody were to stop you for real and be like, all right, man, what'd you learn about God? What'd you get out of that? What, how are you growing as a result of that? I'd be like, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know. What'd you read? Do you even remember that? I, I don't know. And so, I mean, for, for real, think about it, though. I think the reason that we're bored with Bible study, one reason, and one reason that we're confused by the Bible study, we study the Bible in such a weird way. I don't know who taught us to study that way, but we study the Bible unlike we study any book. Think of another book that you go, where am I going to read this? Mm, right there. You know, we don't rent movies from the red box and be like, ah, oh, going to scene selection. Well, it looks good. Scene 12. Well, that guy's got a gun. Who is that guy? I don't know. Maybe scene six will clear this up. Nah. Scene 20. You know, we don't do that. We'd be like, this movie is boring and confusing, right? 
We can't blame it on the movie. We're being idiots when we watch it. You know, and so like, I think a lot of times we're like, man, the Bible is boring and confusing, but here we go flipping through scene selection, right? So what I want to do, I just want to give, I want to give a few tips because man, reading the Bible, studying the Bible should be easy, right? It should be easy. Think about it. I mean, you can read most of the books in the New Testament in the time span it takes you to watch an episode on Netflix, for real. You can read most of the books in the New Testament in the time it takes you to watch an episode of something. And the Bible for most of us is in our pocket all day. You got it on your phone. We can, it, it's more accessible than ever. So we have the tools. How do we study? I just want to give three things. I want to give three points for planning. And then I want to give four tips, all right? So because we need to plan before we actually study. This is where most folks go wrong, in the planning stage. So let me give, um, let me give just three points for planning. First thing, you got to plan when you're going to study. This is where most people go wrong. And this is not a real like spiritual tip, but you got to plan out when you're going to study. Because if you just say, I'm going to study the Bible sometime today. No, you won't. I know like if I were to say that, you know, y'all are living my normal day right now. Cause I, 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 I live beside camp, you know, on the backside of the paintball field over there. And I work here full time. I've worked here for like 15 years. So y'all are living my normal day right now. I've got the best job in the world, hands down, because I get to tell people about Jesus and go mountain biking. Sweet. It's awesome. But like my day is also packed though. So because before breakfast, we have like a pre-meeting. So we go pre-meeting and then we go breakfast and then we hurry over here and then we have a worship service. And then after that, we have breakouts and then we get changed for mountain biking and we go to lunch. And then after lunch, we go mountain biking all day. Then we get changed again. And then it's supper time. And then we got worship service again. And then it's small groups. And before you know it, it's midnight and you're going, is he shaving his eyebrows? You know? And like, so if I say, man, I'm just, I'm going to study the Bible sometime. I'm just going to slide off, go by the creek and study the Bible. No, I won't. I just won't do it. And probably y'all's normal days like this too. Pretty packed. You know, you go, you eat breakfast, you go to school after school, you got basketball or something. And then in the evening, you got a school activity, a family activity or a church activity or all three. And probably if you say, I'm going to study the Bible sometime, it's not going to happen. You have to plan out when you're going to study. And I'm going to tell you some bad news right now. I hate this part, but it's probably going to have to be the early morning. It just is. I am not, I am not a morning person. I'm almost an anti-morning person. I I sleep in on the weekends. I could sleep if I let myself, I could sleep till one or 2 PM. I love sleeping and I'm not a morning person. Some of you guys are morning people and you've already like fist bumped to this. You know, you're like, Oh, earlier in the morning. Great. Uh, You know, for me, I'm fine if we don't have a conversation before nine in the morning. If I've seemed rude at like breakfast, it's cool. I'm asleep. I'm still asleep, you know. Uh, but some people are morning people. Like uh, Zach, the guy that leads worship, he and I used to room together in college. And uh, I mean, it was awesome. Except for the mornings. Because he, it was like his mouth was waiting on the rest of his body to wake up. You know, he's just like. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, seriously, he'd be, he'd be snoring and it'd be middle of the night like. Three in the morning, and he'd be snoring. I'm telling you a lot of personal details about Zach here, but he'd be, he snores a lot. He'd be snoring, and he'd be at three in the morning, and all I'd have to say, he'd be, and all I'd have to do is I'd be like, Zach, real quiet, Zach. And he'd go, hey, man, 
was that snowing? I am so sorry, man. Does that affect our friendship? I don't think it does, but it does. Are you having a good day? Because it's not like today, but it's night. So tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay, are you having a good night slash day? Or night, day? I don't know. <laughs> hey, why do you think I'm snoring? I mean, I deviated septum, but I'm like, I don't know. Why, why am I snoring? Why am I snoring? Was it loud? And I'm like, shut up. Shut, just shut up. That was the point of me saying your name was shut up. You know, like. So some of you guys, when I say wake up early and study. You're like, yes, but probably most of you are like, no. But to be real, probably that's the only time in your day that's not scheduled out or that something's not going to interrupt it. Because if you normally wake up at 7, good news, you got nothing scheduled from 6.30 to 7. And your body is going to lie to you in the mornings and say, you need, you need this 30 minutes of sleep. It's kind of like when your alarm goes off and you hit snooze. You don't need nine minutes. You feel exactly the same nine minutes later. But your body, every time, at night you'd be like, oh yeah, snooze doesn't do much. But in the mornings you're like, I, I, I need it. you know. But in, in reality, your body's not going to miss that 30 minutes. But that the first tip, and I'm spending a lot of time on it, because this is where most people go wrong. They don't plan out when they're going to study the Bible. And so it just doesn't become part of your schedule, and so it slips your mind. You have to plan to do it or you won't do it, right? It's like, uh, you know, you, you might have friends that say, man, I really want to get in good shape. And you're like, oh, great, what's your plan? Oh, I don't have a plan. I'm not going to, like, exercise or whatever, you know? And then you're like, okay, so you don't really want to get in shape. It just seems like a cool idea, you know, and, and I think the same thing with studying the scripture where we have a lot of people that are saying, man, I really want to study the Bible. Great. What's your plan? Oh, I don't have like a plan. I just, it, it just seems like a cool idea. You have to plan out when you're going to study. So I'd say wake up early or have a consistent time. For some of you guys, you do have a slot in the afternoon or in the evening where workout, we have that consistent time. My wife used to be a morning person. I converted her, and now she studies in the afternoons. And so, but she has a consistent time at 2 p.m. every day where she studies the Bible. For most of you guys, it's going to have to be the morning. First tip, plan out when you're going to study. It's probably going to have to be the mornings. Second tip, plan out where you're going to study. If you can, the more routine and the more consistent you can be with your study time, the more likely it's going to happen. Plan out where you're going to study. Don't study somewhere where your little kid brother can annoy you. Don't study somewhere like in the hallway at school where you're going to get interrupted a billion times. Think about where you're going to study, and it helps to do it at the same place, same time every day, just to be consistent. Third thing, and this one's really important, and this is where I think we go wrong a lot. Talked about the when, talked about the where. Third thing is, you have to plan what you're going to study. You can't just do the flip method. You can't. You got to plan out what you're going to study. And, and my tip to you is, as a general rule, you should just work through one book of the Bible at a time slowly. Start at the start of a book and end at the end of a book. Or else, you're missing a lot. You know, because a lot of times, especially like Paul, when he's, he'll start a thought in chapter 1, like in Romans, for instance, he starts a thought in chapter 1 and builds on it for like seven chapters. And then finally concludes the thought in chapter 8. So if you only read chapter 8, it's like you came in late on a conversation. Super awkward, right? So like, if you only read chapter 8, you miss the first half of the story. And you might be bored or confused. If you only read chapter 1, you didn't get the punchline. You didn't get the end. And so you're bored and confused. So I say start at the start of a book and end at the end of the book, right? That way it'll make sense. That's the way we read or watch everything. 
except for the scripture. Start at the start and end at the end and go slow. How slowly should you go? Slow enough to understand it. Because most times we fly through the scripture, right? Will you put that verse up there, the Philippians 2 verse? Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now not only is it in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you, but to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay, you can take it off. Man, wasn't that verse rich? What'd you get out of it? Did you, did you really grow closer to the Lord through that? Me neither. But you know what? That's the pace we normally read at. Seriously, right? If we're not careful, we fly through the scripture, man. And, and if somebody would be like, time out, what'd you read? Uh, I don't know. Something about Jesus. Sweet. You know? And so, but normally we skim and summarize, right? Slow down. Slow down. Go slow enough to understand it. You're not in a race. You're not in a hurry. It doesn't matter how much you complete of the Bible this week. What matters is that you're growing closer to the Lord, right? So go slow enough to understand it. And what I would recommend to you, get a literal translation of the Bible and get a notebook. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. You probably can't swing something as fancy as this. This purple? I have color issues. Purple? Uh, This purple notebook. Um, Proud of myself. Um, But really, get a cheap notebook and a Bible. And as you're working through one book of the Bible slowly, just write down what you learn. Just write, put the verse at the top of the page and write down what you learn. If you're disciplined to do that every day, I promise you're going to grow. That's it. I promise you're going to grow. Think about when you're going to study, where you're going to study, and what you're going to study through. Go through one book uh, slowly. Here, here's the funny thing, though. When you read the Bible, there is no one passage that tells us exactly how to study it. You ever thought about that? It doesn't come with like instructions in the front or the back that God wrote saying, spend three minutes reading a verse. Think on it for five minutes. Write it down. And it's nothing like that. Really, the only way you learn how to study the Bible better is by studying the Bible. Let me read a quote uh, to you. This quote really uh, changed the way I thought about studying the Bible a lot. And, uh, and from this quote, I want to give you the four tips for studying. Really helpful quote from a guy named David Mathis. And he's talking about a read, uh, reading or studying the Bible. And he's talking about kind of different methods. Um, so listen to this. He said, there's a place for raking, like raking leaves, right? There's a place for raking in Bible reading and gathering up the leaves at a swift pace. But when we dig in Bible study, we unearth the diamonds. And then in meditation, we marvel at the jewels. Are you get that? There's a place for raking in Bible reading and gathering in the leaves at a swift pace. But when we dig in Bible study, we unearth the diamonds. In meditation, we marvel at the jewels. Really important. I want to give four tips on studying the Bible, all right? First, three points were for planning. Plan out the when, the where, and the what. And now, as you're studying the Bible, let me give four tips, all right? The first one is, based off of this quote, the first tip is, sometimes you need to rake in the leaves. All right, y'all have to do chores at your house? Hopefully so. That one guy said yes. The rest of you, no. Awesome. All right, so I grew up in Georgia. I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. Y'all know where that's at? Oh, great. All right, yeah, so right on the Alabama line, uh, most of the way down in Georgia, we did not have leaves, to rake because everything's pine trees. And so our chores weren't raking leaves. They were spreading pine straw, you know? And so I didn't really relate to this quote, 
But, you know, living here, there's more trees, and so you have to rake. Do y'all rake in the leaves at, at your house? You have to rake leaves? Some of you yes, some of you know. Is that a hard job? No. It's super easy, right? Because usually you can do it really quickly. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's kind of fun. You can cover a lot of ground quickly, right? But it has to be done pretty often. But it's not a super deep, it's not a super hard job. You're just kind of sweeping leaves, kind of. It's, it's easy. And so when he says, when I, when I say sometimes you have to rake in the leaves, what I mean by this is when you're going through one book of the Bible slowly, sometimes you're going at a faster pace and, and kind of a, a shallower way. Like you're not digging deep. Like sometimes you read a story and, and it says something like, and David walked up a hill. You know, you don't have to be like, what does it mean, walked? Well, what does he mean, up? What's the hill? What does that symbolize? No, nah, dude, David walked up a hill. Move on, you know? So sometimes, sometimes when you're reading, you're raking in the leaves. And by, what I mean by this is sometimes you can read large portions of Scripture. You're gathering it in, and you should do this pretty frequently. It's needed often, but it's not going into a ton of depth. So sometimes you can understand it this way. The second tip, the first one, sometimes you're raking in the leaves. The second tip, though, is sometimes you need to dig to understand it. Sometimes just raking in the leaves, just reading, you can understand it. The second thing is sometimes you really need to dig down deep to understand. I mean, stop in one place and think about it and dig deep in that one spot. Let's put that verse back up there, the Philippians 2 verse. This is not a verse that you can just rake. That you can just blow through and get it. You have to stop and dig for a minute, right? Don't get in a hurry when you're studying the Bible. Don't get in a rush to study another book like Mission Accomplished. You're studying the Bible, so slow down, right? So don't get in a rush and, and think, man, I got I to gotta read eight books this year. No, you don't. You just need to be close to the Lord, and digging into the Word's going to do that. So slow down. Paul's writing here, and he says, Therefore, my beloved... As you've always obeyed, so now not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence. Time out. Don't just buzz over that. What's he saying? Hey, I've been there and I've seen you guys obey. But now, even more now that I'm gone from your city, keep obeying. Keep obeying, right? We're slowing down in this one spot and we're starting to dig down and say, what does this mean? Then he goes on and says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does this verse mean? Because at first it sounds scary until you read the next verse, which helps explain it. And then he says, look, because it's God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. All right, stop for a minute and think about it. If you're going fast, you're going to miss it, right? But we're digging deep here. Think about what it's saying. It's saying you work. You work because God is working in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. What does that mean? You work because God's working in you to make you want to do, both to will and to do, to work according to his good pleasure, what he wants you to do. You work because God is working in you to make you want to do and do what he wants you to do. Slow down and dig deep in a passage, right? Think about it. Think about what this means, that God is at work in you, changing your wants, changing your desires to make you act like he wants you to act. That's, it's awesome. 
slow down and dig. But y'all know sometimes if you ever have to dig like a fence post hole or something like that, you end up digging and up here, especially with the creek rocks and stuff, you dig and then you hit a rock and it's like, oh no. And you get stuck. Y'all done that before? Sometimes you're studying the Bible and you're digging down deep in a verse and it's like you hit a rock and you're like, uh oh, I have no clue what this means. Like go a couple verses later in verse 17. Here's what Paul says here. He says, even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. What is a drink offering? Because I had no clue the first time I read it. And if you're like me, you're tempted to skip them. You get to something hard like this and you're like, even if I'm to be poured out like a drink offering, I don't know, keep growing, you know, keep rolling, it'll be quiet, you know, but time out. You know, you're digging deep and you hit a rock. Sometimes you need to get a different sort of tool for digging, right? To get around this rock, to understand it. So when he says, even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering, no amount of you sitting, if you don't know what it is, no amount of you sitting at your desk or at your kitchen table thinking, drink offering, drink offering, drink offering, it's not going to help. All right. I want to time out for a second. We're going to Nerdville for about two minutes. Y'all ready? All right, here's where it gets nerdy because in reality, sometimes when you go to like Barnes and Noble or something and go in the Bible section, it's intimidating because it's like you have all these different tools out there like Bible Atlas, Bible Dictionary, Concordance, Commentaries, all these billions of different things. And you're just like, no, I'll just flip around till I hit Psalms, you know. And so, but, you know, if you're reading this and you hit a rock while you're digging, sometimes you need a different sort of tool. So what I would recommend, two different things I'd recommend. And I, and I want you guys to talk to your youth pastor or your youth leaders that are here and ask them what they use when they hit a rock in Bible study. So the first thing I'd recommend is a study Bible. Now, a study Bible, it's easy. Like this one is not a study Bible. It's just like scripture on a page. But a study Bible will have notes at the bottom, which is basically a smart guy or usually a group of smart guys that got together and thought through these things and wrote down like a drink offering is actually blah, 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 you know? And so a study Bible can be helpful when you hit a rock like this. Another thing that I prefer is, um, is a thing called a commentary. All right. A commentary, it's easy to know what a commentary does because a commentary makes comments on the book you're studying. Just remember that. Commentary makes comments on the book you're studying. So I'm reading through Ephesians right now. I'm studying through Ephesians. And so this is a commentary on the book of Ephesians. Clearly, it is way thicker than the book of Ephesians. Ephesians takes up like two pages in your Bible, right? this This one is thicker than my whole Bible. So what you have here is you have a super nerd who has gone and done exactly what I've asked you to do, which is he's thought about it, he's dug deep, and he's writing down everything that he's he's learning from this verse, right? And usually they're well-versed and they know things like drink offering. Now, let me give a warning. Is this the Bible? No. Can these guys be wrong? Absolutely. These guys can be wrong. The Bible is not wrong, but this guy can be wrong, right? And so when you read this, know that you're reading a man's words and not God's words. But that can be really helpful if you hit a rock like this. All right, coming back out of Nerdville. Everybody with me? Don't just Google stuff because anybody can put anything on the Internet. You have no clue what you're reading, right? What I would recommend is if you want to get a commentary or study Bible, talk to your youth pastor, talk to your pastor, talk to the leaders that took a vacation week to come here with you and ask them, man, what do you use? Do you use a commentary? What, who do you like? Do you use a study Bible? What do you like? Ask them what they do because they're studying the Bible. So first tip, 
Sometimes you rake in the leaves, gathering in large portions of Scripture. Second tip, sometimes you're digging deep, and you might need to get a different sort of tool. And I'll say this, you'll have to decide when to rake and when to dig. And usually it's going to be based on, am I understanding this? Am I getting it? You'll have to decide that. But the third tip is crucial. Whether you're raking or whether you're digging, the third tip is crucial and it's the most skipped part. The third tip is meditate. All right, now you guys are going to have to get some incense and some funky pants and a gong, I think. (laughs) Uh, No, and like when we think meditate, we're all like, nah. But in reality, meditation is just thinking, right? Just thinking about it. In fact, the word really means like mutter or repeat. Just repeat it. Chew on it. Think on it. Meditate, right? Just think on a verse. This is helpful, man, because whether you're, whether, you're, whether you're raking in large portions of Scripture or whether you're digging deep, what, what the, the, the quote says, it says, there's a place for raking in Bible reading and gathering up the leaves at a swift pace. But when we dig in Bible study, we unearth the diamonds, And then in meditation, we marvel at the jewels. So picture this. You're digging deep in Bible study. you got to slow down. Because sometimes, you you know, you don't just, if you're digging, you're throwing dirt over your shoulder. And you're like, dirt, dirt. Hey, look, diamonds. And just throw them over your shoulder. That's what we do a lot of times. We're like, man, that's so good. Forget it. That's crazy. you got to slow down. Like, have y'all got a favorite food? You want to know my favorite food? I know all of you guys have probably been dying to know what my favorite food is. Um, my favorite food since I was a little kid, it's a little bit unorthodox, is fried chicken. I'm not talking KFC. Does, that, does the applause mean that you also have fried chicken as your favorite food? Okay, great. Well, then maybe you guys share this. KFC does not count. That is soggy nastiness. It's awful. But like real like grandmama's fried chicken is so, so good. We have a grocery store in town and it serves really good fried chicken. And man, when I get that, it's picture your favorite food right now. One girl a couple weeks ago said popcorn. I thought, oh, your life's sad. <laughs> Popcorn's your favorite food, man. Like, but picture your favorite food and think about if it's sitting in front of you and you're really hungry, how do you eat it? Do you just like cram it in? Maybe so. Uh, but like for me, I slow down and I'm like, shh. You know, you, you eat your favorite food very differently than you eat like McDonald's french fries, unless McDonald's french fries are also your favorite food. But like, for, for instance, like when I go to McDonald's, all of y'all go to McDonald's. There's shame in it, but we all do. Um, but like when you order a fry, uh, a thing of fries from McDonald's, it doesn't matter what the size is, you eat all of them. And so like, uh, you know, usually I eat them when I'm driving, I'm in a hurry and I'm driving somewhere and you just start slamming in French fries and you don't even realize how many you're eating. They could fill the entire bag with French fries and you just like, and French fries, French fries, and you just cramming them in. Fries, fries, napkin, it doesn't matter. It all tastes the same. Just like not even looking. And then every single time when you get to the bottom, you're surprised. And you're like, no more? And, and But like, that's not the way you eat your favorite food, right? When I eat fried chicken, I'm not like, yeah, chicken, whatever, whatever. I'm like, shh, give me a minute. And I enjoy it. I slow down. Think about it. Maybe, you're, maybe your favorite food's a big steak. You're not just like, whatever, you know, you're like, hold up. Is it cooked right? Does it smell good? 
This is going to be awesome, right? And what I mean is, when you get to the good stuff in Bible study, don't treat it like McDonald's french fries and just be like, nah, whatever, drink offering, blah, 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 blah. You got to slow down. You're throwing diamonds over your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? You got to slow down and chew on it. Think on it. Whatever you have to do to be able to meditate on the scriptures, to chew on it, to slow down and think about it, to enjoy it, to repeat it to yourself over and over and over. Maybe you write it on your hand so you think about it all day. Maybe you keep a card in your pocket with that verse on it. Whatever you have to do to to think on it. Meditation is crucial. It's crucial in Bible study, but it's forgotten most of the time. You know, when, when God gives Joshua... Y'all remember when Joshua took over uh, the nation of Israel, when Moses died and Joshua took over? God himself gives Joshua a speech, which is crazy, that God gives him like a, a leadership speech. And Joshua's fixing to go over and, and destroy like 31 different kings. And he's, he's a military leader. But the instructions that God gives to Joshua are mostly about Bible and Bible study. It's crazy. Read the first chapter of Joshua. I'm going to read a couple of verses from it. But I want you to look at what he, what he talks about as being important here. Verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1, he says, Only be strong and very courageous. Here, here he starts talking about the Bible. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left that you might have good success wherever you go. This book of the law, listen, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do according to all that's written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. He's telling a military leader, listen, obey the word. Obey the word. Then he says, speak the word. And then he says, meditate on the word. And then he finishes it with obey the word. Meditate on it day and night. Think about it, Joshua. Think about the Bible day and night, and then you'll be prosperous. Think on it. Meditate on it. Repeat it. I'm going to read a quote. Thomas Watson said, The reason we come away so cold from reading the Bible is because we don't warm ourselves at the fires of meditation. The reason we come away so so cold from reading the, the Bible is because we don't warm ourselves at the fires of meditation. We don't. Here's a diamond. It's gone. Stop. Think about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Repeat it. That's the key for Joshua. In Psalms 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Listen, and on his law, he does what? He meditates day and night. He thinks about it at night. He thinks about it during the day. So he's like a tree that's planted by the water. It's crucial. Meditate on it. And Joshua, this part of Joshua, when God talks to him about meditation, he says that meditation is crucial for the fourth tip. First one is sometimes you're raking in the leaves. Second one is sometimes you're digging. You might need to get a different sort of tool to do it. Third thing is whether you're raking or digging, you need to be meditating on the word. And the fourth tip, listen to what he says in Joshua. He says, you shall meditate on it day and night so that Meditation produces the next thing. Meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do it. The fourth tip is obey it. This is what he stresses to Joshua. Joshua, obey the word. Obey the word. Speak it, meditate on it so that you can obey it. This, this might seem like a little tip, but it's really a huge one. When you read the Bible, we don't need to just hear it. We need to do it. 
We need to do what it says. Many of us don't need to learn a lot more knowledge. We just need to act on what we know. We just need to obey it. Obey the word. Be careful to do according to all that's written in the law. Don't turn aside from it. I want to give two things as a result. Two things will happen as a result. If you're reading the scriptures, if you're disciplined to do this, go slow enough to understand it, two things will happen. The first one is that you will meet with God. It's not just checking off a box, right? It's not just saying, got it. I studied my Bible, so I'm holy today. Does studying your Bible make you holy? Negative. Jesus makes you holy, right? Jesus makes you holy, but studying the Bible brings you closer to Jesus, right? And so you're meeting with God. This is your personal time of worship. It's not just a legalistic checkoff, right? So as passionate as you guys are in worship, hands raised, singing to the Lord, this is your personal time of that, of worship. I don't like to sing. Some of you do. My wife does. So sometimes when she's reading the Bible, I hear her in there singing. It's awesome. She's worshiping the Lord. She's, she's an artist. She's the girl, ladies, uh, she's, um, she led worship last night. She'll, she'll do it again tonight. She's awesome. She's an artist. Like sometimes I'll come into the house and a whole wall in our house is painted. Like, or like she's, she did a chalkboard on our wall. I came in, literally, I came in and laid down in the bed one night and I said, Hey, what's on the wall? She goes, Oh, look, turn on the light. And it's like this awesome mural on the wall. I was like, Whoa, great. It's awesome. So sometimes when she's studying the Bible, she's singing, she's painting pictures of the thing in our house somewhere, like painting pictures of this. I tried this and it was a train wreck. I tried like singing and painting a picture. It was like stick figure and like David and Goliath, you know, it was like stupid. So, but for some of you guys, when you're meeting with the Lord, you're going to incorporate things like art or singing or podcast or music. Don't let those things replace the study of the word though. Right? But this is your personal time of worship. First result is that you meet with God. And the second result is, if you're studying the Bible, not only are you going to be meeting with God, but you're going to be becoming like Him. You're going to become more like Him. I read this verse to the guys yesterday in the, in the guys' breakout. 2 Corinthians 3 says, And we all with unveiled face, it's talking about Moses in the veil over his face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. What does that mean? He's saying, and all of us looking at the glory of God are being changed to be more like him. Where can we look at God? Because he's not physically walking with us like Jesus did with his disciples. Where can we look at Jesus? Right here. And this verse says, the more we look at Jesus, the more we become like him. The more you behold the glory of the Lord, the more you'll be transformed little by little. Now, let me tell you this. Sometimes you'll, you'll open the Bible in the morning and you'll read it and it's going to feel awesome. It's going to be like the clouds part and it's like, whoa, I never knew that. This is so awesome, you know, and, and it'll be great. And you'll walk away feeling really great. And you know what? Some other mornings you're going to wake up, same book of the Bible, same time of the morning. And you're going to read it and it's going to feel like brushing your teeth. And you can close the Bible and be like, okie doke. But you know, those mornings you'll be gaining strength. Little by little, transformed into that same image by one degree of glory to the next. Day after day of beholding the Lord, you become more like Him. This is what we want for y'all, man. We pray that this week of camp isn't just some emotional like, woohoo! But that it starts you on a pattern of beholding the glory of the Lord. Now, 
Now is the right time. If you're not studying the Bible, now is a perfect time to start because you're off your normal game right now. You don't ever do this on a Thursday, right? So you're already off your normal schedule. So if you can start it right now when you're already off your game, if you can do it on Sunday after you get back from, like after you get back home, when you're super tired on Sunday morning and you got church, if you can start it then, if you can start it right now and carry it through this weekend, you're good, right? Start that pattern of beholding the glory of the Lord. And the other resource, man, that you have, you have these leaders with you that have taken a vacation week. You know why? Because they love tiny blue mattresses. They do. They special order them from us all the time. No, they love you and they want you to love Jesus, right? They want you to love Jesus. And so, man, talk to these guys. Talk to them. What book of the Bible are you studying? How do you study? Uh, you know, can you study with me for a day and just show me the ropes? Like, do you use a commentary? Do you use a study Bible? Man, you got a great resource with your church leaders. Ask them, ask us, ask Snowbird staff. But our prayer is that you be looking at Jesus and becoming more like him. And that has to happen through the study of the word. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And I pray that we'd be disciplined to study the Bible. I pray we would love your word more than we love Netflix. I pray that we love your word more than we love texting with our friends or whatever it is that keeps us from studying God. And I admit that, that my lack of discipline keeps me from studying often, Lord. And I, I pray that you would uh, just help us to be more disciplined in studying your word. I pray that we would behold your glory and become more like you. God, I pray that for these guys, that they would even start studying the Bible today and that that would affect their future marriages and their kids and their grandkids, that they would be godly parents because you are carrying them through your word, God. And I pray that that would start today for many of these guys or be refined today for some others. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.